Good evening, everybody. Episode 81. Long day at work today, and uh, glad glad to be off and be doing this show. It's 8 o'clock, and it is January 12th, Tuesday, and it was a long day. And I think it's going to be a long night because hopefully I can get this done under 30 minutes and get an upload very quickly, go get a workout in, maybe play some NHL 21, which just came out recently, and play some hockey and beat some young kids on their video game systems in their barns because nothing's better than hearing 12-year-olds cry. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, we're going to talk about a few things. We have Ted Cruz is under the uh, no-fly restriction, or at least that's what somebody wants to do. What does that mean? Donald Trump is uh, is about to go through impeachment hearings, and I think that's important to, to discern what does that mean and what could it mean for the president. And I've got some good news and I've got some bad news in regards to that. We also want to talk a little bit about who is the up-and-comer for the Republican Party, who will be the new face of the Republicans when the dust settles and McConnell decides to turn tail against President Trump, as most of the Republicans have, as they try to dodge the fallout from the Capitol riots and blame Donald Trump, of course. And then we will talk about what will happen to Donald Trump after the election, since he Pretty much will be a man without a country, and the Democrats will make sure of that. And there are some things that I think will happen, and I'll make some predictions. So let's get into that. But first, since we are talking about video game systems and talking about punishment, why not go ahead and make a joke about both? And here it is. Mom is frustrated. Her son won't pick up after himself. He won't listen. He won't clean. He won't eat his dinner. All he does all day is sit downstairs and play his Xbox. And mom's had it. So mom goes over to dad and says, Dad, you need to do something about this, and you need to do it now. And Dad's like, well, really, what can I do? What have you tried already? And she goes, honey, get downstairs and take care of your son. He's like, fine, fine. You don't get mad at me. And he goes downstairs and walks down. He sees the kid, and the kid's sitting on the couch, and he's playing a video game system. And he's like, you need to listen to your mother. And son doesn't answer him. And like most dads, he's impetuous. It says, fine, grabs the control, grabs the Xbox console takes it out of the wall and says, you're grounded from it. And his son protests and yells. He says, well, this will teach you a lesson. And he locks it up and, and goes away. Well, a few days go by. He goes back to work. The weekend's over. And he's coming home late one night after a few days. And the son has not changed. Mom is even more irate. And nothing positive is happening to make this kid be respectful to mom. So when dad walks in from work and opens up the door, mom gives him a glare of just anger. And he can feel it. It's palpable. It's like laser eyes going through his chest. He's like, honey, what's wrong? He's like, that son of yours hasn't stopped. He hasn't gotten any better. And he goes, yeah, well, you know, I've done what I can. He's like, you took away his Xbox. And he's like, yeah. You shouldn't have taken away his Xbox. And he's like, well, why? And she said, because he's inconsolable. Man, I don't know what it is about Tuesdays, late nights, but everybody wants to text during the show. Get it, folks? Inconsolable. It's a council. It's a council. It's a video game system. 
like I said, you don't come here for the jokes. If you do, you've got some serious problems. Folks, my name is Matt, and I am from Don't Unfriend Me. I'm not sure if you knew that, but if you didn't, that's the guy. Matt Spear. Why did I create Don't Unfriend Me? Well, it's pretty simple. I believe that people are starving for information, and we're not getting it anywhere and from any place at any time. And the things that we are getting are how to buy the the latest medicine or uh, how to invest in gold or gold bond anti-itch relief powder. And all we are being presented is a bunch of commercials and divisiveness. And I think that should stop. So how do we get it to stop? We have honest conversation. And that's what Don't Unfriend Me is all about. I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or anything in between. As long as we can have a conversation and you don't unfriend me, everything should be fine. Where can you find all this wonderful, glorious content? Facebook.com. You can find me. That is my tag, my amper stamp, my whatever, whatever it's called. You can also find me on YouTube where all my HD videos are and some of my catalog content. And if that doesn't work, you can always stop by don'tunfriendme.com, which has a little bit of everything where you can find everything Don't Unfriend Me. And yes, we're going to be getting some shirts soon. And yes, we're going to be bringing some cool swag and stuff like that. But that is all in the future. But when you do visit those sites, please do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe at all the URLs and all those places below. It means a lot to me. And every time you do, it keeps me motivated. And that's exciting because ultimately I want to grow and I want to get bigger, not to take over the world or something to that effect, but Basically, I am excited about getting the message out to people. And that's really what this is about. And that's really what we're trying to do. Today, we hit 2,000 subscribers and followers on Facebook, which is awesome. And I thank you so much for doing that. So please keep getting the word out, helping us grow. And let's get started with our show tonight. Like I said, we're going to talk about a few things. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the impeachment of Donald Trump. This is inevitable. The Democrats said if he got back in, they would impeach him immediately. They have a great opportunity to possibly not allow him to run again. And they're going to try to do that. Now, in order to not have him run again, it's not simply just an impeachment because that's the easy process. The House of Representatives can impeach on anything. They don't need any evidence. They don't need any facts. They don't need any witnesses. They simply vote on it and he's impeached, which will be exactly what happens and most assuredly will pass since they run the House and Republicans and Democrats a lot agree that he deserves to be impeached for supposedly inciting riots. Now, there is something called the, the, the Constitution of the United States, and this is where Donald Trump has a lot of protection. One of them is in Article 2, Section 4. And if we read Article 2, Section 4, very interesting. You can get these at Amazon, by the way. You, they have the full versions, which basically look like the Bible and War and Peace. But these are the, the smaller versions, and they're really simple. They're like $7. You can get them on Amazon, and they look good. They look great. You can also get the Declaration of Independence. And no, I'm not getting paid for this, but I happen to have copies, and I think it's important. Section 4, Article 2. The President, Vice President, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. What does that mean? Pretty much everything. And the key to that statement is sitting president. And the other key to that is indicted. And that has to happen in a jury and has to be found guilty of this thing will not go to trial. It won't go to trial for a few reasons, and I'll tell you why. 
Mitch McConnell, who runs the Senate, up until the 20th when the new president, President Joe Biden, will be sworn in. And it states, the rules would not allow the case to come to trial until, according to the majority leader, 1 p.m. on January 20th, an hour after President Trump leaves office. And the Constitution says that he will not be able to be convicted for a couple of other reasons. Now, here's the thing. A sitting president, once the president is out of office, even though he has security detail and he has rights and recognition and he has seen as still a former world leader of the president of the United States, Mr. President will be his title. And he has all the benefits and rights that here go to that title. What they want to do is put him under charges, put him under trial, and strip those things away. But unfortunately, there's one catch. And the Senate knows this, and Mitch McConnell knows this. So he is saving face by saying, yes, let's impeach Trump, but knowing, really, that it's a straw argument, that it's really just a dummy stance, because Donald Trump cannot be tried, because the Senate has no power whatsoever, even a parking ticket to a private citizen. And once the president is out of office on January 20th at 12 p.m., which he will be, they can't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Now, there are some other things that can happen, and we're going to go into it at the tail end of the show if you want to stick around, and I hope you do. But as of right now, he most definitely will be impeached for a second time and will be impeached for charges that ultimately are just a joke. You can talk about the incitement of violence and all those other things, and I will go through with it. And although I do not agree with with what President, President Trump said, it is protected under the First Amendment. So let's talk about that. We know he can't be tried as a private citizen, or otherwise Hillary Clinton and several others would have been subpoenaed to show up. And remember, it's a buy-your-leave. They can subpoena you all day. They have subpoena power. But if you don't come, it doesn't matter. You can go up on stage and plead the fifth all day long, and they can't hold you in contempt. They can't put you in jail. Like I said, they can't even write you a parking ticket. The Senate holds no power over citizens. It holds the power over the executive branch, and that's what it's designed to do. And that's a good thing because we don't need a 100 little tiny presidents all being a bunch of little Nazis. One is good enough. Nazis as far as how they rule tyrannically, not because they're a bunch of racists, because that's been going on for four years, and I don't agree that Trump's a racist. There is a case with some precedents here. It um, took a little bit to find, but Bradenburg versus Ohio, it was a unanimous, unanimous decision, a complete wash by the Supreme Court. Basically what it said is that on Wednesday, by Trump using the language that he did, it was protected, and even though it's disapproved and the language was vitriolic. It is protected under the First Amendment of the Constitution. It comes with core political speech, and to impeach a president for having exercised his First Amendment while in duty of his office, Hergo would be dangerous to the Constitution and all current sitting presidents in future and even in past. Because if you can retroactively go ahead and hold someone accountable and put them on trial as a private citizen for speech, then there are a lot of things that we can hold President Obama, President Bush, even go back to Kennedy, or we could go back to Nixon or Truman. 
it would go down through the annals of history by holding presidents accountable, even posthumously. It's ridiculous. And it's a ridiculous notion, and it's one that will not pass. Because one thing the Democrats don't do is cut their nose to spite their face. They may be foolish, but they're not Republicans. They're not completely stupid, after all. Republicans do that all the time and step in the proverbial dog do and don't look at the consequences, like forcing a justice through. And the Democrats said the gloves would come off, and we will do anything we can to fix this, pack the courts, and win the presidency. And they did just that. And the Dem- uh, Republicans didn't take them very seriously, did they? So there is some precedence about this. We're going to talk a little bit more about what they can do to President Trump and what they assuredly will do to President Trump. But I want to talk to you first about Elise Marie Stefanik. Now, this is interesting. This lady has some poise, and she's also extremely smart. I'm going to go through her record. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, because I'm asked often, who will take the reins for the Republicans when Mitch McConnell and the rest of the yahoos are gone and stop playing grab ass, and we get the old geriatrics out of both parties and get some fresh blood in there that can actually maybe reach across the aisle and do some good. But alas, I wonder if she will be, because she is an ardent President Trump supporter, But she also has the pulse of the Republican Party, and she also stands on the line with the core values of Republicans, and I think she could be a key player in the coming years. Her career has moved fairly fast. Here's some notes. Uh, She is an American politician serving as U.S. representative for New York's 21st Congressional District since 2015. The district covers most of North County, as well as most of the Adirondacks. It also includes some of the outer suburbs of Utica and the Capital District. She was born in Albany, New York in 1984 to Melanie and Ken Stefanik. Her parents own Premium Plywood Products, a wholesale plywood distributor based in uh, Gilderland Center. Okay, this is interesting. I, I didn't read this beforehand. There's actually a connection to my company in that. I wonder if Brian's listening. She is of Czech and Italian descent after graduating from Albany Academy for the girls who entered Harvard University. Harvard University just expunged her from the board and also the council because she is a Republican and supports Trump. And this is continu- this will continue to happen. As we know, they'll do this with everybody who even supported Trump. They will be in the crosshairs for the next four years. She got a degree in government in 2006. While at Harvard, she received an honorable mention for the Women's Leadership Award. On January 2021, the Harvard Institute of Politics removed Stefanik, like I said, and its senior from its senior advisory committee in the wake of the deadly riot at the deadly riot. They really just, okay, use it at the U.S. Capitol six days earlier, pointing to her unfounded claims of voter fraud in November election. So now she's at fault simply for claiming voter fraud for people to storm a Capitol who had no direction from anybody in government to do so and decided to do it for themselves. And nobody saw it coming. However, she knew that and she incited that simply because she questioned the election. And so did 78 million other people. So I guess we all need to wait in line so we can get our spoonful of castor oil coming. From the Democrats. After graduating from Harvard, she joined the administration of President George W. Bush, working on staff as a domestic policy counsel. Stefanik worked in the office of the White House Chief of Staff for Josh Bolton, uh, Bush's second deputy chief of staff. She also helped prepare the Republican platform in 2012. Interesting. Served as director of the new media for Tim Pawlenty and Presidential Exploratory Committee and worked for the Foundation of Defense for Democracies and Foreign Policy Initiative. Stefanik managed Wisconsin Congressman Paul Ryan's debate preparation for 2012 election. Interesting, considering that Paul Ryan is a rhino. 
Following the Romney-Ryan loss in 12, she returned to upstate New York and joined her parents' business. Here's some of the assignments that she's had. It's interesting. Committee on the Armed Services, Subcommittee on Readiness, Subcommittee on Intelligence, Emerging Threats and Capabilities, ranking member. All extremely impressive for such a short career. Committee on Education and the Workforce, Subcommittee on Civil Rights and Human Services, the liberals will like that. Subcommittee on Workforce Protections, they will also like that. And Subcommittee on Higher Education and Workforce Training, also will like that. She was also on the United House Permanent Select Committees on Intelligence. So she's read in. She's very, very smart. She has some... um, I wouldn't say liberal, but certainly some Democratic leanings as far as what committee she's been on, which will help her grease the wheels of reaching across the aisle. Here's her stance on abortion. She is pro-life, but says the GOP should be more understanding of others' positions on the issue. I believe the same thing. I think we need to be understanding. I didn't say we need to agree, but we do need to go ahead and listen, have a conversation. She opposes taxpayer funding for abortion and supports requiring that health insurance plans disclose whether or not they cover abortions. Um, On the economy, she voted in favor of the Keystone Pipeline. Fine. Stefanik opposed 2013 sequestrian cuts to the federal U.S. military budget, citing the effect on Fort Drum just north of Waterton, New York. She voted against the Tax Cuts and Jobs Acts of 2017, joining five other New York Republican representatives. Her primary reason for voting no was due to the state and local tax deduction. Well, that's political suicide if she would have voted for that, because New York and California were two of the hardest hit. I would expect her to vote no against that, even though it's politicking, but everybody does it. Defense is a July 15 profile in the Washington Times. Noted that Stefanik was the only freshman on that year's conference committee to... Uh, committee for the Defense Policy Bill, a position accorded to her because of her extensive experience in foreign policy working the George W. Bush administration. So she worked on the defense bill. Uh, Stefanik uh, united New York House members to spare the Fort Drum for the drastic cuts. Instead of planned reduction of 40,000 troops, Fort Drum ended up losing only 28, making a standout amongst uh, stateside army bases, which helped her just absolutely obliterate her opponent. She ran unopposed in 14 and then went ahead and in 16 just destroyed her opponent. I'm assuming because she saved roughly 12,000 jobs, military jobs to be specific. Environment. Stefanik criticized President Trump on his decision to withdraw from the Paris Accord. Okay, well, that's her first strike, saying the decision was misguided and harms the ongoing effort to fight, fight climate change. Well, there's a Democrat. uh, trout that she'll be able to go ahead and put up as a blue chip that she believes in climate change. That's fine. I think everyone believes in climate change. Just the amount of devastation it's causing is another topic altogether. Let's see. What else? When it comes to health care, May 4th, 2017, she voted on party lines in favor of repealing Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Good. Um, Republican-sponsored American Health Care Act she sponsored. And... That's pretty much it for health care. Immigration. She opposed Trump's 2017 executive order imposing a temporary ban on travel and immigration to the United States by nationals of seven monthly majority uh, countries. Stefanik declined to, uh, to condemn the Trump administration family separation policy, instead publishing a press release congratulating Trump after he signed on executive order to suspend new seg- uh, separations and detain families. Stefanik was one of the 14 Republicans to vote with all the House Democrats to override President Trump's veto of a measure unwinding the uh, latter's decision 
and declaration of a national emergency at the southern border. So she has challenged on immigration, and she does have some Democratic leanings. But once again, good. We need somebody who is just not down ticket in their mentality. I want to see people who have a balanced approach. I don't have to agree with them. But I'm tired of hearing the division between party lines. We've got to get something done. And these two opposing forces working against each other is not working anymore. Intelligence, obviously we know she's pro-everything government and intelligence. I'm not going to go into that. Taxes, Stefanik voted against the tax cuts, which is fine. I agree with her. I believe taxes are necessary. The amount of taxes and who it affected, though, I disagree with. I think the middle class did deserve those tax cuts and also the larger businesses, and it stimulated our economy. I think she was wrong. However, over the last two to three years, she has adjusted her position on a lot of these things to be more pro-Republican. Net neutrality. Um, after the uh, FCC uh, decided to repeal Obama air net neutrality, Stefanik urged her congressional colleagues to pass legislation retor- restoring the policy. Interesting on net neutrality. The whole world didn't end after it. So she has some things I disagree with. Uh, LGBTQ rights uh, in the 116th Congress, Stefanik was one of the eight Republicans to vote in favor of the Equality Act. Good. Finally, some Republicans who have some stones. Later in the same Congress, she introduced a bill, the Fairness for All Act, that would prohibit discrimination against LGBT people, while also including exceptions for religious groups and small businesses, and that's the way it should be. Government doesn't need to tell you what to do in your bedrooms and your homes. They need to create protection and equality for all. That is their job. Overall, I like the lady, and I I think she has a bright future and I think she can do something great. She's easy on the eyes. She's well, well put together. She presents herself in in an articulate way. She's strong. She's opinionated and she doesn't budge from what she believes in. I think we need more of that in the world today. No fly for you, man. You're gonna have to be flapping your arms. This is an interesting thing. And something that I don't quite understand. But if you look at this, there is now something happening when it comes to not that Democrats are 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 trying to well, I guess they are. So so let me just say this. Ted Cruz and Holly are both being singled out for standing up against the Electoral College vote and saying that there were things that were done that were unconstitutional. Now you shouldn't be surprised because these two senators absolutely believe in the Constitution. One hundred percent. But what is happening now is that you have people calling for their heads and saying that they need to be held accountable to another level. Here's some of it. There are now calls for the senators to be disbarred, and their Democratic peers have even asked for the two to step down for their perceived role in the riot. Thompson is taking it one step further. This is Benny Thompson, who is a House representative. I think it's 8th Congressional District, I believe, saying that Cruz and Holly should also be placed on a no-fly list. There's no exemption from being put on a no-fly list, Thompson said during a SiriusXM interview. Even a member of Congress that commits a crime, you know, they expel from the body. There are ethic charges that can be brought against those individuals, he continued. And people are looking at all of this. What Senator Josh Hawley did and what Senator Ted Cruz did was horrible. I want to be clear. This is an Obama administration 101 platform. The Democrats are going to revoke, or excuse me, 
step backwards in their processes where they have been on the offense and start going to the defense. They will use certain systems. They will use alphabet agencies to go ahead and investigate, hold kangaroo courts, impeachments, use the IRS and weaponize the IRS, and they will do it against Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters. This is what's coming, and we're going to go into it in the next segment. But this is the beginning. This is similar to the gun no-fly list, what also stops you from buying a firearm. And they said that they would never weaponize this. They would only use this ban temporarily for people with psychosis or mental issues or who had paths of criminal misconduct or a history of that. Now they are weaponizing the no-fly list. And once you go on it, it doesn't just mean you can't fly in an airplane. A lot of your civil liberties are taken away. And that is what the Democrats want. And it's a fast and wanting way to swat somebody down. Now, what happens to Ted Cruz when he wants to be in Texas? He has to drive back to Washington. It's ridiculous. You should not be punished for your political beliefs. And if you say something and we allow Facebook and YouTube and Twitter to say and do whatever they want and not be held accountable and be protected because they are content providers versus producers well then you can't hold senators in the blue of their job accountable for what they say for inciting a riot when they never did any such thing they said that parts of the election were unconstitutional which they were and anyone who revisits this once president trump is out with a clear mind body and soul will tell you the same thing but this is what we can come to expect over the next four years court lynchings subpoenas, investigations, and more of the same. And anyone who stands opposed to what Joe Biden proposes will be lynched in the court of public opinion with the media standing in the wings ready to regurgitate everything that mama bird Democrats tell them. And this is our new political system. Trump is a man without a country. This is MacArthurism, and don't kid yourself. That's exactly what they're doing. They're doing this to anyone who is supported, and there were no two more ardent supporters than Cruz and Holly. And unfortunately, this is what we're looking forward to. The Dutch bank just basically said, after 40 years working with the Trump family and Donald Trump himself, that they will no longer support any loans or any investments into his properties or any of his plans of the future. His company has lost over a billion dollars of value since taking the presidency, a lot to do with COVID, but also to do with the pending investigations against his company, and there are a slew of people with their handout ready to take him down from a civil matter and a financial matter. The accounts will be investigated, the IRS will be weaponized against Donald Trump, and they're all surviving to go ahead and take him down based upon all of the ire that he gave them for four years. Permits will be impossible, it'll be tied up with red tape, and local Democrats will ensure to put injunctions against his permits and his building codes and inspections and every other leveraged government agency to squeeze Donald Trump for every cent he's worth. The materials and imports that he gets from foreign countries will sit on the harbor and will be inspected over and over, slowing his ability to actually construct something in a timely manner. And let's not forget the criminal charges that will be coming. They are coming after Donald Trump, and the days of 40 chess are over. Without the presidency protecting him, he will be vulnerable to civil lawsuits, and every single thing that he said can be considered slander or impeding 
with business ethics to use his presidency to leverage his own business. His kids will be under investigation. Anyone who associated him will be slapped with things like the no-fly list, the IRS doing audits on their businesses, and then also the civil counts will go against him for the rest of his life. I believe criminal charges will be brought against Donald Trump, probably from New York and probably from Florida. People will go ahead and rise up and do whatever the Democrats say, and they will swat him down and punish him because he stood up for the people, because he decided to say that America could become something better, that our economy was slow and ungrowing and was a detriment to the world, and now it is strong and thriving, that our military is once again respected and can defend this great land, that our trade and through fare is more balanced than it's ever been, and honestly, we stand in a better place with the world than we ever have, at least for now. I believe at some point the world will lament and reflect on Donald Trump's presidency, and I think words of, I wish he could have had some humility, and he would have been an amazing president. But alas, the last three months has tarnished and tarred and feathered his presidency, and I don't think he will ever recover. People have asked me, do I believe he will run in 2024? And the answer is most assuredly no. I believe that Donald Trump is in for the ride of his life from a legal perspective, and the games of 40 chess have now become pickup sticks and trying to pick up the mess that has been created from his presidency. I wish him the best of luck, and I still believe he was one of the best presidents we had from a fiscal, military, and foreign affairs policy. I wish the domestic would have been kinder to the man and that he would have been kinder to the people. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for stopping by. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and do all of those fun things. It means a great deal to me if you could and keeps the lights on and God doesn't kill a puppy. And I will take the show out as I usually do with the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. I'm going to bring Will Fisher on again. I think it would be great to have him on video and talk a little bit about what he's been going through with the Veteran Crisis Line and also myself, tell you a little bit about our history and see if we can get some recognition towards vets and this wonderful program. VCL does wonderful things for people. All you need to do is pick up the phone. It doesn't matter whether you're a veteran or a civilian. They will help you. And 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is way too many. We have lost friends and family to this horrible, horrible mental disease, and they need your help. PTS and traumatic brain injury are real. If you can't make that call, you can go to my site at donutfriendly.com. Click on the VCL link, and you will be directed to a Skype operator live who can help you. Folks, until I'm back tomorrow for episode 82, I appreciate it. I thank you for stopping by. And remember, this is just my opinion. Don't unfriend me.